Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Just a smart farm girl burning down the poison grain. She took the spaceship going anywhere. We're talking Zeph. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz we are here, breaking down Killjoys. Don't stop weaving. Season five, episode eight. Don't stop weaving, guys. Great episode. Oh my god, it was so good. Really excited to talk about it. I can't believe there's only two episodes left in the series. No, I don't want to hear about it. I'm not listening. And apparently, next episode, based on what we heard last episode, somebody's going to die next episode <sighs> because everyone dies in episode nine. It's a curse. Everyone, the Jacoby curse is anyone who's interested in Johnny dies, and the Killjoys curse is everyone in a, somebody in episode di- nine dies every <laughs> single season. So we're not looking forward to that. But I am looking forward to talking about this episode with you guys. We have so much to talk about. We're going to be breaking down Zeph and her family. We're going to be breaking down Klein and the lady, and that took a weird turn. Johnny, Lucy, and the wingman capture the flag rehab, and of course the the Last Supper really felt like the Last Supper. Very Last Supper. But what a renaissance man. What a renaissance. Fancy is so fancy. He's so he's everybody's type. Next episode, he's going to be doing calligraphy and just like sending letters to everyone. He's a casual historian. He's the Killjoys Martha Stewart. Honestly, (laughs) he's going to be doing a show with Snoop Dogg pretty soon. I'm excited. Everyone's excited. Super excited. Uh, I'm your host today, Stephen Lemieux. (laughs) Joining me, as always, is my amazing co-panelist, Cherry, the biggest sci-fi nerd I know. Love all of you. Thank you for watching. The biggest shipper of Killjoy's couples I've ever met. Twapples. We're going to get into our overall thoughts, but first I want to introduce you to our very special guest. You may have seen her in one of the most powerful scenes of this season so far when her memory comes back and the first thing she remembers is Pip. Shout out to uh, seeing a little bit more on those two characters this episode, but we have a very Zeph-focused episode tonight, so naturally we had to bring you the best of the best, the lady herself, oh. Kelly McCormick, <laughs> who plays Zeph on Killjoys. What up? What up, Kelly? I saw that little handshake you did what? with what? your dog. Floyd is awesome. It. This is my dog. We're, my my dog is doing all my interviews with me from here on in. <laughs> I love it. Get it. Get it. Get it. You did it before. I, <laughs> I will say that we have an entire studio behind us, but... Uh, I would almost prefer to have a dog behind me that I could high five at time. Ah, look at, at all him! Times. Look at him! He's there for moral support. Oh! <laughs> um, my production, my production company is called Floyder Films, named after my dog Floyd, because for some reason we call him Floyder, which is a hilarious nickname because it's longer than his name, but. He's the best Porter. Anyway. <laughs> From my perspective, he has a constant eyebrow raise. <laughs> well, thank you, so, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, uh, uh, Kelly. Uh, we really appreciate it. You're apparently, you were telling us before the show, you are using your phone data... From an island in the middle of the ocean that your family has had for 75 years, you don't have internet, 
You don't have electricity. No. Just a girl and her dog and the ocean and some seals. Or did that mean celebrity music singer seal? I couldn't, I don't remember. <laughs> it actually means I am in the forest, in a cabin, in the middle of the ocean, that I would have, that I took my boat here to, that my dog and I have been alone at for about two weeks. Ow. And uh, <laughs> we're having cabin fever right now. Um, yeah, my grandfather built a cabin 75 years ago in British Columbia, which is um, probably one of the more rugged Canadian uh, provinces. So if you think most Canadians are rugged, you can assume that I'm like basically a lumberjack. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I've I've just been uh, chopping wood and swimming and hanging out with seals, like actual, you know, barking ocean seals and um, looking at killer whales and going into the forest and I just jumped out of the ocean so my hair looks like stinky raincoat hair but it's actually just wet not greasy it's a little <laughs> greasy because I haven't showered in weeks anyway not not a year though not a year beachy beachy beach, keen beach waves damn it I should have said that about stinky she's just beachy guys <laughs> yeah she's just she's just beachy. like a little beach, beachy she's beach bum like the the new Matthew McConaughey I believe it is movie um so I'm really excited because, like, this this whole season has been kind of an ode to each different cast member, and it's been great to have them mm-hmm. on the show. And I was really excited to talk to you, uh, Kelly, because, man, they gave your character some great stuff this season. Like, holy crap. Like I know. I felt so, I felt so grateful. I mean, there's nothing I like more than being given, like, I can't think of a better situation than being given, like, a crazier scrappier dirtier grubbier version of your character who's also like doesn't like has less of a filter and doesn't even understand the stakes of the situation like it was so much fun and uh and all the stuff that zef gets to do with dutch this season has really amplified their relationship and 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 deepened it so i think between the first two episodes of season five and the episode you just saw some of that felt like a bookend of of their like relationship um, but yeah, I felt so grateful. It was, I had way too much fun. No one should ever give me that. <laughs> no one should ever let me have that much fun. <laughs> Watching your character from the first when you had a crush on um, on Dutch and you were just a shy, geeky chick and now you're like a woman. What's it like that character growth? It was, it was so natural. And you know, something that they hadn't planned and... Uh, like they hadn't planned that that's where it would go, but it felt so natural and and just sort of enfolded in a really organic way. And um, and yeah, it did. It did feel like she had was becoming a woman, like in really weird, simple ways too. Like you notice, like she's wearing red and her hair is swept swooped to the side now that she's <laughs> cleaned and like just acting differently and kind of. I'd say like the physicality of the character when we first met Zef, she was a lot more like I did a lot more like fidgety with my hands and nervous energy and and feeling like constantly like she has to speak up for herself and it was nice to slowly let some of that like kind of settle like like anyone does when they when they become more comfortable with themselves so that was a nice transition because it felt very well it just felt something like I could relate to I think any person not just a woman can relate to the feeling of like adolescence ending and just being more comfortable in your skin and being like yeah I am this weirdo like so <laughs> you know just feeling yeah that's me well, um since they g- since they gave your character basically the 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 geek squad Amish like 
were you looking forward to an episode where you actually got to explore your hometown? And did you know that was going to come this season? Or is this a complete surprise? Oh, complete surprise. I mean, you I knew that where Zeph came from, because it's really hard. I mean, the character when the character was originally conceived, it was they always knew that she came from some sort of weird, like anti-science birthing commune thing. You can't it's really hard to like get sink your teeth into a character and not have some idea of where they come from. So I've always known that, but there's no promise that they will go back with you to that place. And of course, you know, when it didn't happen in season four, I didn't expect, I mean, I wasn't even expecting it. And in season five with so little real estate left to get in 508, two episodes away from the finale to get an origin story. I just felt like, really? Okay, guy. Like I felt like, Oh wow. That's so, I felt really honored. And obviously like I'm always riddled with self doubt and like (laughs) swimming in a pool of fraud syndrome. So I'm always constantly like, what really they want to, they care. (laughs) So it felt good. And, um, it felt like something I kind of needed to do because in 50, no, sorry, in 409, all that stuff, um, that post-coital scene that Zeph has with Pip, where she's talking about the trauma and uh, her relationship with her own, the way she is and her own boundaries. And that was also written by Julian Desset. And so for that episode to be written by him and then for 508 to be written by him too, they kind of felt like their own little vignettes that worked as a pair together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it was it, it meant a lot, and it felt good. Like it felt cathartic for me, not just as a not just, for, but for me as an actor to move through those things because they're they're parts of the character that you layer under. So it always feels good when you get to kind of like get that out of your system. Like yeah, walking away from the mother was felt great. <laughs> it's like I'll miss your baking. Peace out. Goodbye, baggage. It felt great. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool world building tactic, which makes me again so sad that they're ending this after this season mm-hmm. because it, it is interesting to think like what would happen if all the scientists were like, you know what, we're done with this bull crap. We're just not going to do science anymore. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is just left with whatever was there to exist, but you know that these planets had been terraformed before and you know that like there's all this technology but it just seems kind of ratchet technology now and now we mm-hmm. learn that like the the first people that really inhibited inhabited the quad were super advanced but then we're just like you know what you guys are just getting rid of, rich off this stuff we're done we're not going to develop anything new you guys can make your own snuggies we're going to make this tapestry and put it behind bars I, yeah. I, I just thought it was really cool. I also like the design yeah. on the tapestry was really nice. I thought I liked, it was interesting. I liked all the, um, uh, I like that they're like this kind of, you know, off the grid looking commune, but they're from like a a lineage of, of high science. I thought that was a neat, I also thought that was a pretty neat uh, visual and, and, and world building for sure. I thought it was neat. And that it was led by woman ma- matriarchal society. Yeah, matriarchal. Love yeah. a good matriarchal society. <laughs> and even if she's like badass and mean, it's like it, at least her vet. I think it totally would have felt wrong if it was like some like paternal dude that she had to. You know, just it felt it felt right for Zeph that it was like a mother thing and that she had had some baggage with with um the maternal because then it means that her kind of deciding who her found family is and deciding that that Dutch is really her older sister and this guiding light feels a little bit more powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was it was pretty badass. They have the strictest rules on Wi Fi though. You have to like give birth to a bunch of kids and then inherit the entire matriarchy <laughs> just to just to use the Wi Fi. It's kind of I don't know, I don't like visiting. 
Yeah. <laughs> you stay for like at least nine months. Birth control, baby. Birth control. Oh my god. So, yeah, exactly. I was like, where was birth control in the future? Come on. So everyone's dying to know, and Cherry Cherry brought this up too, that it was actually your sister with the pitchfork. Yep. My actual, honest to God, blood sister. Hillary McCormack. Um, funny story about that. We were on this island, this very remote off the grid island, when I got a email from because my sister's a phenomenal actor. Right now she's in a show at Stratford Theater in uh in Canada. And I got an email from Adam. So I read my episode, right? And I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. And then like almost immediately I got an email from Adam being like, yo, Kelly. Um, we're considering asking your sister to audition for this part. Just want to make sure that's cool with you, just in case you guys are are mortal enemies. <laughs> and I said, like, like, trust a sci-fi exec to just be like, just in case they're mortal enemies, because that's like a totally reasonable thing for two sisters to be in his eyes. Um, and I was like, no, my sister's amazing. She's not my mortal enemy. Uh, we're best friends. And so we taped the audition in our cabin here on our phones with like no electricity and uh all the scene we taped all the scenes uh that her and i have but then also the scene with dutch before the pitchfork thing so here i am like in a bathing suit with my dog (laughs) trying to film my sister like trying to be dutch being like oh yes (laughs) (laughs) and it was just like so wild because we were in what ended up looking very much like the set like a, a old cabin with like a wood stove and all that so i'm like you know, like get like, oh, stop with the skinny shaming. Let's do this, and then we like each other, oh, and all. And we come from like a long line of like nerds. Like we played like Dungeons and Dragons and magic cards, and like we used to make wooden swords and go to the top. Like I top of the island and like fight each other with swords. Like I have scars all over my stomach from like just marking each other with swords. Like come on, <laughs> and uh, and so we were using instead of a pitchfork, she was holding this like wooden that my brother had made it was like a perfect like a, like a beautiful wooden axe made from like a fantasy novel that he he had um was obsessed with at the time so it was just very weird because it ended up kind of looking like how we shot her audition and then we had to take the boat in to the starbucks at the marina to upload it and then uh we she comes out on the deck like later that day and she was like i booked it and my mom starts like crying she's so excited and then she's like, as long as you guys play two sisters who get along, I'll be happy. And we were like, ooh. <laughs> Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You got to at least hit each other with a few swords. Yeah, of course. I'll see you at that Magic the Gathering pre-release at the end of this month. There you go. <laughs> I was so happy to see Pip back. What was it like working with Atticus again? Oh, it was great. It was also really weird because it was like 40, 40 degrees out. We were dressed... I'm pregnant in a wedding dress, basically, <laughs> and he's dressed like Jesus. <laughs> and we were like, we'd shot a whole, I'd shot a whole season without him. And it was kind of really like in four, 409 was like, obviously a really tough episode. It was tough to shoot. It was tough to like get through. And then like saying goodbye to him was sad. Like him and I were tight because we went on hiatus. And then I shot a whole series, see- like a whole season without him there so it kind of felt like it was very melancholy to have him back we were like oh my gosh hey okay bye love see you later um but it was fun it was like a very weird like rosemary's baby-esque uh <laughs> setup with like bush bush what are they called bush weeds or what are they called those like like weeds Tumble that are like, flying tumbleweeds yeah yeah it- yeah and just like walking around set pregnant was weird it's, and, and it's also very funny because 
trust Julian Desette to know like what would be a nightmare for me and for Zeph, but for also me. <laughs> I mean, it looked like a scene straight out of Midsummer. I, like see it. I love. I liked it. I love Pepe. I love you guys together. I was so sad when he died. Yeah, he's gonna. He, Atticus is probably like, can you just hallucinate more often? Like, <laughs> just like get take more drugs so I can be on the show more. Do yeah. it. This episode had a lot of drugs. We we drugged Zeph. We also drugged every prisoner with with Rylix. So kind of a kind of a drug heavy episode. I was hoping for a little bit more of an acid trippy thing, but we also uh, already covered that back with Dutch and Johnny going to the weird hippie commune. So I'm glad that they focused more on your family origins as opposed to just all right. Now let's go into a weird find yourself acid trip because you've already kind of found yourself at this point. We've yeah, already we've yeah. already explored that, and you've already been kind of sent away by Turin, and we find what happened to him after he, you know, threw you in a room and locked the door. Yeah, I thought I he know. escaped. He did. He Sorry. did not escape. <laughs> oh, I thought he'd escaped. Um, so I know that this show is created and led by Michelle Louvret. As a woman who is creative, how what have you learned from working with her and the other writers who happen to be of female persuasion? Uh. That question is like, oh man, I mean, Michelle Lavretta is my, like my mentor. Like I, I literally, I would say as soon as that line, like go put your mentor pants on Johnny happened. I think I emailed Michelle and I was like, Hey, I know I'm an actor, but, and I'm, I'm new on your show, but like, I'm going to force you into mentor pants because <laughs> I myself am also a writer and um, a director and a filmmaker. And she's just so smart. So like, on, on, like uh, as recently as a month ago, I'll send her messages being like, I'm taking you out for dinner. And then I'll sit there and I'll just like with a pad and paper and listen to everything (laughs) she says. Um, The female uh, above the line imperative that was on this show was so felt by everybody. Um, It's not, not just, um, not just Michelle Lavretta, but like all the female executives on the show, but then also Adam Barkin as well. Like the respect that he gives the females working and and the the, the amount of times you can see um, him pitching it to her and saying like this she's responsible for all this and really giving her a platform like Michelle is the trickle down like every single person on this crew was handpicked in some way by her and and the kind of um, attitude she led with with this crew and that's what happens when you have in some ways women above the line in production teams because they demand a certain amount of like a bit like habitable uh, behavior to create a sustainable working environment. And they're not moving forward with the kind of old school idea of filmmaking, which is like, go, go, go. Like we need to run this like a military. It's like not really what this is anymore. Um, so yeah, as a, as a female creator uh, working, like l- reading Michelle's scripts all the time, seeing how she interacted with her directors and the executive producers and the producers was so uh, I learned so much from watching her and watching like Beth Illy and um, Karen and Claire, like all of them were a dream. It was just a dream. I'm sure you've heard this from every Killjoy <laughs> on the show. They're like, this was the best working environment of all time. All of us are just mourning it at this point. I mean, it's it's definitely genuine, though. It's not like the the Game of Thrones cast questions. Like, what do you think of the final season? It's like, it is the greatest piece of writing that has ever made. <laughs> It is phenomenal, and they are the best writers. <laughs> like, you guys are genuine, which is really enjoyable, because, like, I feel like once the cast and crew are out on the show that they're in, you know that the quality just takes a dive. So, like, it's better to yeah. have, like, a consistency throughout that everyone's just, like, everyone's team, everyone else. 
And yeah. and that's yeah. why I'm pretty sure we're going to see all the people from this cast working together a lot through the rest of their careers because mm-hmm. everybody's cool. Uh, I do want to go into Zeph and her family really quick okay. and ask a few questions to, to you, Cherry, because I want to... A lot of this was interpretation because we throw you in the pit. We find out that you were in the pit at 8, at 10, at 12. You really just every two years decided to do something stupid or get caught. Uh, <laughs> how dare you science? Terrible. Um... <laughs> But, like, the, the, the things that you were, like, thrown in there for were dumb, like writing letters in the sand. Like, uh-huh. okay, great. So you can't have, like, a, a Zen garden. <laughs> you can't read and write. You're yes. supposed to read and write. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a self-imposed handmaid's tale. Yeah. So uh-huh. Dutch in the pit says uh, the, the weakness of family is the fact that you can manipulate your family. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys, the great mother... At the end, was she genuine or was she manipulating Zeph again? Hmm. I think that... I think the... I think it maybe it was a combo or 70-30 maybe. 70-30. <laughs> I think that the great mother is a smart woman. And what I liked about uh, that character and Jennifer Wigmore, the, way, the, the actor who played that character, is they didn't kind of go for like a... Um, like a kind of witchy like old woman-y like like this like like conniving like she's clearly a boss bitch who runs this company and commune and family and she's saying to her like she's there's and i liked the fact that she was like listen i wasn't gonna let your intelligence go to waste you are the one we've been waiting for and you're gonna bring this this family and this um this community back to the its original glory and whatnot i think that she was telling the truth and uh but when she starts talking about um you know like don't abandon your family and don't do all this like she's i think in those ways she's uh she's she's manipulating zeph in 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 keeping her there in a way that she knows how to um uh what's the word uh take advantage of her insecurities and and the fact that zeph is a really loyal person and her mother probably knows that about her and she's like you've abandoned us and you need to stick with us and i and that's why i love the line about if you knew me, you would know I would never abandon my family because at the end of the day, what, what the mother is saying is like, I know you Zeph and you, and you shouldn't be abandoning your family. And Zeph is like, you're right. That's, and I'm not. So <laughs> like the, the fact is, is like the fact that you're accusing me of abandoning, you, abandoning my family is like, if you really knew me, you know, I'd never do that. And, and so I think it was like a combination, but I do think, I don't think she was lying. I never interpreted it as, is that she, those weren't actually her plans for her. I think those were, and I think Zeph, I think on the day, I'm trying to remember, on the day, I was truly thinking about it as if this was a, pot- a potential. Like this, like, oh shit. Like this woman who I probably was terrified of my entire life, she obviously put me in the pit a bunch of times, is telling me that I am the chosen one of all of the family. I mean, she says earlier, like, history remembers the freaks, you know? And I love that line because it's true. And it's like that that kind of coming home that you almost dream of up to a certain point in your life you're like when i come back home people are going to remember me for this and this and this and then the only really way that someone who is a freak in a, in a in a kind of good way you only really find closure when you realize you don't actually need those people approval anymore you dream about coming home and then being like we salute you we think you're the best and 
at the end of the day is it's really only you who can think those things about yourself and that's how you really become a woman so or a person i mean for zeph now i'm rambling but you know what i mean (laughs) yeah they're just people you grew up with they're not necessarily people that you need approval from yeah Um, and 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 the fact that she's for a a a brief moment you see zeph revert back to like a childhood state in her grief and in her um insecurities and 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 think wow like this this person is telling me i'm 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 worthy and then she remembers hold hold on and it's kind of like it's so beautiful because that's what that's what pips pip says to her in the at the end of the hallucination she goes he, pip wouldn't say that and he says well, what would i say what would i say zeph and what he's saying what that moment is is that kind of her subconscious being like remember what pip said to you and then she remembers in that moment and it's just such a fun like it was such a great turn of um events emotionally for me as an actor to get those lines all all lined up together it was a really good um growth for her i think jd did a wonderful job job writing it because it felt very real where a manipulative parent does do that and Mm -hmm. she wanted to make zeph stay and so but she wanted to break zeph to a certain degree to follow the path that she wanted her to go on. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was what I really enjoyed about it, and I enjoyed the interaction that you guys had. And I think that the jealousy of Zaya played so well because you guys are real sisters. <laughs> you know, sisters I know, Hillary got to work out some shit through that, didn't she? <laughs> I know. That shooting scene, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, hmm, that would have been me and my sister fighting. <laughs> I mean, it, it was interesting how they played it up because I definitely think that last season, Zeph would have made a different decision at the end of this episode. Yes. And also... Exactly. You yeah, last episode we got a scene where you prayed for the first time in a while, so that was also interesting to have this episode follow that because mm-hmm. at the end of this you're like screw what God thinks, and we're like wait a second <laughs> you just prayed, but that was before, yeah. and God yeah. is a different thing than this weird cultish thing that they've turned it into. Yes, it's like kind of like the mom tried to manipulate her, tried to conquer her like the old version of Zeph but Zeph has changed because of Team Office and Force and because of Dutch mm-hmm. so it's like and you're right it's like the the praying this was like her last stance and so when she leaves it's like she's like I, I don't I don't pray to that God anymore I pray to science and I feel like you know even if you don't come from a anti-science birthing commune in space <laughs> you can still <laughs> relate to the feeling of letting those the people who have power over you in that way go like at the end of the labyrinth you have no power over me. Sorry, guys. Hey, get the baby back. Uh, and also, let's let's end it with uh, the fact that Dutch is now kind of known as your found family, and yes. and they've really developed this bond from being a possible sexual attraction to now being legitimately like the family aspect. And we're not going to have to sure. worry about shipping Kelly and or shipping. <laughs> Damn it! I was like, why can't it? What sister, girlfriend, BF, crush, girlfriend, sister, wife. <laughs> Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. She's very attractive. You guys are both very attractive, so it's very realistic. I know. I know. She's my sister, but like, you know, like, you know, step siblings are kind of like, eh, so cute. We're not really blood related. Moving on. Come on. We've all seen Clueless. Get on with it. Hey. Stop trying to make fetch happen Roll right now. With the uh, I know that you are coming up in a movie soon i want we have to get to the rest of the episode but i do yeah. want to give you a chance to promote what's coming up soon are you going to be like on the expanse again you have a movie coming up that cherry's a fan of like what what what's going on here kelly dish uh, I'm, what's happening I'm, I'm still on letter kenny playing uh, a trash talking hockey player hell yeah um, which is on hulu now uh expanse uh you're gonna have to wait and see 
Um, probably like, but I not, not the moment I didn't do last season. So I mean, wait and see as I'm like, I'll wait and see as well when I get phone calls. Um, <laughs> um, my film, uh, it's an, it's the film had, we haven't released the new title for the film, but, um, the film is about sugar daddies and is about, I play a musician. It's a film that I wrote, produce and star in and Aaron Ashmore is in it as well. And hey. I will say this, um, it will probably traumatize Killjoy's fans. So <laughs> Get ready. And there's no way you're going to tell us the new title of that film right now, is there? No, I can't. <laughs> I can't, but it's really gnarly and disgusting and grotesque and amazing. And <laughs> it's like a feminist rage piece that I wrote at a, in a very angry place. So, game on. <laughs> I bet it's called Floiter. You had me at I feminist. <laughs> you had you me know, at feminist just, rage piece. Yeah, it's just like my kind of like burn it all down to the ground film. Okay, well... After this, I'll write like a really nice love story or something. So all your all your pent up rage against Aaron Ashmore will be taken out on him. No, <laughs> no. I have no, you can't have rage against Aaron Ashmore. Look at his eyes. Look at his beautiful blue eyes. He's so cute. Um, no, no, no. Aaron Ashmore and I. Aaron plays um, my music manager in the film, and uh, who I'm not related to. Uh, so <laughs> clarify. So, all this, so anything could happen. Well, yeah. thing. Anything at all. Anything at all. I just think I told Michelle what happens in the film, and she's like, I can't watch it. I can't watch your film. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Kelly. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We really hope that you don't die next episode or the one after that. No. Me too. (laughs) Everybody in the chat is loving Floyd, and we do too. Floyder. 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 And he's got a scarf on. Floyder. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, can hear me. <laughs> I can't let this continue. We have to get... So, thank you, Kelly, and we will hopefully talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye guys. Love, Love you. you. Thanks for chatting. Thank, thank you. you. Let's jump into Klein and the Lady, because this is a weird story going on, y'all. Hey, I called it. I knew there was some sort of daddy issue, and he's replacing his ungrateful daughters, Dutch and um, Anila. <sighs> Ungrateful half us. So she's apparently established some kind of attachment to Klein through his living in the green and her observation of him. And she has always been jealous of the way that they treat, uh, that he treats Anila and Dutch. And basically, like, tell me a story, Daddy. Uh, basically, the lady has become every other lady watching this show who's saying, tell me a story, Daddy, to Klein. I don't want to dwell too much longer on this because we can get into some in predictions about what we think is going to go on. But that's basically what's going on. At least we know that Klein is thinking of Turin's words of maybe for once in your life, live up to Dutch's expectations. Moving on. Johnny Lucy and the Wingman. I love the beginning of this episode. The sitcom the Christmas singing. Day. He's so happy Lucy's back. Everything's good. Davin's trying to be a wingman, checking out like, hey, Warden, so you seeing anyone asking for a friend? Uh, Not creepy at all. Women definitely believe you when you ask if they're single and then say asking for a friend. Uh, Then he asks Calvert. So it's looking like Calvert and Warden. Davin's setting up some kind of bachelor game with Aaron Ashmore. Uh, Anything that's female. But hey, he forgot. Uh, Fancy is everybody's type. Exactly. Fancy is going to get them both. <laughs> Capture the fl- the thruple is Fancy. The thru- Calvert and the Warden. Moving on, we, we decide to throw some Capture the Flag rehab, where what better way to rehabilitize some criminals than opening up the ship to all of them and letting them play Capture the Flag. Obviously, Dirk is kind of an asshole, gets his ass shot. 
we find out that it was the doctor who mm-hmm. looked like Gru from <laughs> Minions. Like a like a human version of Gru meets the guy who sings the song from Kingsman the Secret Circle. Uh, that is him. It was a wonderful team-building effort. Guy, no. It looks like him, though, doesn't it? It does. It was a team-building effort. And it worked. And I'm glad Mace isn't the one that killed the guy. I like Mace. Mace is dope. He's like honorary killjoy. I'm kind of liking him a lot. You know, hey, our, our, our brothers went through a lot, and they ended up being great killjoys. I knew the doctor was going to be the bad guy as soon as they introduced him, because I'm like... This guy's way too good of an actor to be a throwaway character. I'm like, this guy's great. Like, he has the look. He looks menacingly doctorish. He looks like he looks up WebMD and then prescribes the wrong thing intentionally. <laughs> He's going to be a villain. Oh, yes. Total villain. The way they had him all drugged up. And the minute they gave him an excuse to drug him up, he's like, yes, he's like, drug you up. Oh, that one. I just put a pill on his face. <laughs> Couldn't breathe. <laughs> Funny. That's rehabilitation. Oh, Dr. Deathwish here. Uh, the teams are chosen. I love Johnny and Davin's uh, little, like, fantasy football trading characters. Like, you take Calvert. No, I'm going to take Calvert, but you get this person. Do you really want Calvert on your team, Johnny? What are you thinking about that? It's like, okay, you can have her. That's great. Uh, and, it like, this this really tees up why I really wish we could have gotten more time with this oh, yeah. show, because Calvert and Mace are such great characters, and they've built them up so well, and the show doesn't kill great characters that easily, so we yeah. know they're going to be around at the end, and we're going to be wondering where they are. It is such a great world that uh, Michelle and the rest of the team have built up, considering it's like a whole new world, not from a book or anything like that. So I want to see more. I wish the sci-fi channel, I hope the numbers are good enough that the sci-fi channel is like, you know what? We need to do like a spinoff series. I don't see a spinoff series happening, but maybe a Netflix movie if it does really well on the streaming numbers. Either way, I think it's like... It's, it's cool when you see characters that you're like, I want to see them interact with this other character. Like, I want to see Mace interacting with Turin. I want to see freaking Calvert interacting with Pre. Oh, right? yeah. Because, be like, cool. she's the Spitfire, he's the Warlord. Like, there's so much great potential within yes. these characters interacting with the ones that they have yet to get an interaction with. So, let's move on to the Team Awesome Force dinner. Uh, we we finally get some trust between Mace and Calvert setting up. Basically, this episode was, was we have to find the lady's weakness, and we have to build up teamwork with the felons so that they don't just murder everybody out there once we let them free. They have to murder specific people <laughs> because we want to kill these, these squid bugs. Uh, moving on to Team Office Force Dinner. This was basically the Last Supper. It felt a lot like the end of last episode as well. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, more of like a musical montage. We have the shirts that they reference, the brains and the bronze shirts. Uh, lots of fan service at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. Lots um, of fan love. Are you, is it finally kind of dwelling on you, like dawning on you that this is the end of the series? Uh, this episode was the one that really made me realize we don't have five or six episodes left, that we only have like um, three episodes left. And so. It was seeing them giving you more clues and more background about fancy, seeing more clues about everybody else that is going to make the finale be more painful to me because they're so well-rounded and I feel like I know these characters. And even talking to them just on the show and stuff just enriches it even more for me. So I just love Killjoy so much. Yeah, it's it's kind of bittersweet 
It's a great series. Um, I think it's it's good that it's ending before they try to just find storylines to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's completing its story. I do wish this season was a little bit more killjoy in terms of like traveling the quad and doing more stuff instead of just being trapped on a prison ship. Mm-hmm. But I think they're doing a really good job with it. If you haven't seen it, go to Twitter and look it up. There is a farewell video from the cast and crew yes. that is very... Uh, heart-wrenching. Uh, Luke McFarlane is the one who tears up the most. Like, literally, they use him in it once, and he's, like, half-crying. And you're like, oh, man, that's rough. Uh, but check that out on Twitter if you haven't. Uh, Johnny and Davin have the brotherly love talk at the end where, like, Johnny's like, yeah, I'm going to have Pre set me up with a chick because I'm not really going to do it. I still think him and the warden, though, are endgame. I think they are the endgame, and I think Lucy's going to be um, transferred to a house, and she'll be, like, a house computer thing. I think it's going to be fancy and Lucy at the end. Because I think like Johnny's not going to keep, I think Johnny's going to have to let go of Lucy. And I think it'd be funny if it was like fancy and Lucy. Because like. That would be funny because I love Lucy. And I love fancy. Um, he could have Lucy as the house. Let's robot. get into, sorry, I didn't mean AI. to cut you off. No, he yeah. could have Lucy be the AI. Exactly. Fancy and Lucy. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to favorite lines of the episode. Uh, no guns, they're pacifists. Well, I'm eighty percent guns and I'm eighty percent guns, violence, and destruction. So they're gonna have to get used to it. Uh, <laughs> if it if it was up to me, I'd get you and leave you to the soil. Is she a head games kind of bitch? <laughs> it was a good one. Uh, oat bar. History remembers the freaks. We are peaceful, yes, but we're not helpless. If you'd stayed home like a good daughter, I'd still be alive by evil Pip. <laughs> How many times have I taken back Klein? Well, to be fair, you're a slow learner. <laughs> you brawn, I brain. I swear to God, we got to get those on t-shirts. Um, I'm not responsible for my ancestors' mistakes, which was great. Yeah, that was good. I won't miss this place, but I will love your baking. I will miss your baking. <laughs> I can't shut up. I need to be right, and I wish you would, could love that about me. The gods can suck it. Turin and Pre are shit hackers. My sister used to try and kill me too, and we're doing all right. I loved uh, Turin to Klein. Don't you ever die? Prisoner to prisoner, kill that alien skin sack right down. Do right by Dutch for once in your goddamn life. It was great. Love that, that Turin's like super team, and he still believes they're alive. He's like, if you think they're li- dead, they're alive. It's like straight up Morty. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you think Team Awesome Force Awesome Force is dead, then they're alive. And and if you think you're safe, then you're not. And you think he's not after you, then he's here. He's there. Oh my uh, God! Yes, his if belief I'm going, is wonderful. If I'm going to wear your grandson's skin, maybe I should get used to being a boy. Uh, That's something that you don't want to hear your uncle say. No. Uh, and enough from the small nut gallery. I like that. Uh, shut down the game. There's a murderer on your team. There's three on yours. No, like they killed the guy. Real murderer. Way to capture the flag, Doc. After she impales the doctor with the flag, pretty great. Uh, all in all, really solid episode. Yes. I think that it was really fun, and I want to do one last mention before we go. I forgot to say it with Kelly on the line, but Kelly McCormick, you have officially become the first non-Vulcan in a sci-fi series to perform the Vulcan death grip. On national television. Congratulations. You may have called it something else, but it's still the Vulcan Death Grip. And we all know that it's the Vulcan Death Grip. And you did it on The Great Mother. That's where we'll end. Cherry, where can we find you? Cherry underscore LA on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, doing Pennyworth. 
And you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux and, of course, producing Marie Menounos' show every Monday, Better Together with Marie Menounos, where we can all proceed to get better together. <laughs> Remember, we're just a small town girl living in a children's world. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.